Hey, everybody, this is Mark and my good buddy, Nate, who is back with us today. Very, very happy about that. And <laughs> and he's back. Okay, so anyway, uh, you don't have to listen just to me this week or watch just me this week. And I know that you are shouting at the screen or into your phone speaker Thank God, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But anyway, so I found it time to get Nate's priorities straight, get him back in front of the microphone. And today, Nate is going to be in the hot seat. This is episode 15. This will be our final episode for the month of December and the year 2022. Last week, I took some time to do kind of a monologue because I was the only guy. A little bit about my story. We wanted you to get to know us a little bit better. And this week, Nate is going to primarily be telling his story, and I'm going to be here as a silent, maybe not so silent observer, who knows, making faces, um, picking my nose, teeth, anything that, um, you know, I feel like doing. So I just wanted to let you know that, and uh, then we are, uh, yeah, we're going to have a great time today, and I think we are. I mean, it's really up to Nate, because he's doing most of the talking. So uh, just before I get pass it over to Nate, though, um, we did get a incredibly well thought out email um, question as a result of last week's episode in relation to the will of God. I talked a lot about that in a certain portion of the of the episode last week about feeling like I knew God had called me to do a certain thing. And so it was really a really great email, quite lengthy, a lot to it. And we want to be able to address that in some detail. Uh, probably that will be the very first episode out of the gate in the, in the upcoming year on January 3rd. Um, but just so you know, uh, the one who sent that, that absolutely, thank you for that email. We are going to be, we are going to try to give that a detailed response as it reserve, as it deserves. And in the meantime, anybody who wants to send additional email questions, I'm sure Nate is going to fire you up with those things on today's episode. You can send that to the hideous bride at gmail.com or just, email Nate directly um, and uh, if you have his number. So Nate, uh, we missed you last week. It's it's good to have you back on the, on the program today. Wild week. Here's the truth, people. We can trust Mark on his own. Me, probably not a good idea. So Mark, <laughs> you did a phenomenal job with your story there. Um, but yeah, it's been, I mean, Christmas time, December is always wild for anybody. I currently help out at a church. So that's kind of been picking up. The church is also in the process of acquiring a new building, renovating that building. It's just been wild. And then I work for a courier company, FedEx, and this time of year, wow. So last week was just, there was no way outside of making you, Mark, do one at like three in the morning or, you know, maybe, oh, we could have done it while you were preaching. We could you could have done it while I was praying. I mean, I'm usually up at right. three praying every morning. Right. A couple of hours tickets. at least. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I, mean, I usually take time to post on social media up praying that the Lord would bless my church. I, I take the time to post. I ask the Lord for a moment, then I post it, yeah. and then I'm back to praying on my knees. Bare I can knees, see that. Hardwood floor. <laughs> I mean, and life is just crazy too, right? So over here on this side of me, you can kind of see it in the um, had to switch computers. You know, on an old people trying to figure out podcasting is not good. Plus, Got a new dining room, whatever table this is, which is a lot lower. It's just crazy. And then the dryer. So this is our dryer that's not working. 
the dryer that we replaced it with that we were going to get rid of that thankfully we didn't, which is halfway working, is hooked up about 10 feet to my left. We're waiting on the repair guys to come back when the part comes in for this one. So we have two dryers that work if you combine them both about 25%. So I think this is a parable of my life right now, Mark. It's just, I see stuff and I just go, wow, what in the world? And well, so life that is in nuts. addition to that, in addition to the fact that it seems then very obvious that you are recording from the laundry room. I mean, like it or not. That's where you are. So thank you for that sacrifice. Does it smell like dryer sheets where you are? No. Well, I've always recorded close to it. So the laundry room in the house here is off of, it's kind of got a galley kitchen there. There's a little breakfast nook. And yep. then next to that's the laundry room. Okay. So that's kind of why it's that close. So I've always been this close. The cat litter box is also in the other corner of that. So it's nice. a good healthy mix. Absolutely. That sounds like it to me. Tidy cats and then flower blossom, whatever. Um, yeah. I keep looking so, over. I'm just trying to make sure our audio is good. I didn't do an audio test. So, oh man. But I think we're good. And then my face, as you can kind of see, I've got the, it's, I don't even know what time it is anymore, but we're in different time zones. More. It's midnight yeah. here. It's midnight here. So, oh. the where I'm sitting, the sun's coming through. It's just, it's a dumpster fire. Like my testimony, Segway. yeah okay well um today nate i want to just tell you no i want you to tell us your story you can go into as little or as much detail as possible once it's on the internet it's forever but this is this is our chance for our audience that um some maybe some of the ones who watch uh because they know me but even I bet you people that think they know you well, they may they may learn some things um, and feel free to push back against anything. I, I did say some things last week, assuming that you agreed with me. And if you didn't, by all means, um, you know, push back against that. Nate and I agree on a lot. What I love is I think we have probably some areas that we disagree on. For one thing, that a person can live a fulfilling, a fulfilling life without loving sports. Nate and I have a, a fundamental yeah. disagreement on that. Um, but um, for me, I enjoy the, the halls of academia and Nate prefers, <laughs> Nate prefers the, the gridiron. And uh, so it is just <laughs> how things, how things are, but in spite of that, we're good friends, but I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more of Nate's, of Nate's story. So Nate, before I get in any more trouble, uh, I'm just going to sit here, and if I want to ask a follow-up question, I will, but it's all you, man. Go. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the halls of academia, the uh, <laughs> annals of history. <laughs> Sorry, this, <laughs> this is already off the rails. <laughs> this is not good. But we do appreciate all of the emails and all of the people that have helped contribute to where we're going with this podcast. Absolutely. You bear some of the responsibility. Um, yeah. You, you help bear some of that. I, yeah. The one thing, Mark, I will say, listening to uh, your podcast or, you know, our podcast, but the one you did solo, yep. it was very, thankfully, I didn't wreck my vehicle to find out how much love you had for me. And that is, that is mutual. That is. That was, yes. I mean, that that made my day when you yep. have a how do they, how do, they do that U-Haul truck? Yeah. <laughs> when you have a U-Haul truck that is packed and not a van, a box truck that they give you because all the vans are rented out. 
yeah of just junk that they're like organize it before you leave i'm gonna hit one curb and these boxes are just it's a mess right mm-hmm. and so you're driving all over the place and then you hear that while you're driving that was worth it that was that was good so that that got me through the day mm-hmm. um, welcome but we agree i think a lot maybe at the end there'll be some things that maybe look like we don't but it's not that i, I think um a lot of times in Christian circles, I really don't think we disagree on anything as much as we think we do. Yeah. It's usually wording. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I really appreciated your story. I think it gave people an insight into you and where you're at. Um, and, and so for me as well, we started church in when I was around 13. My parents thought, okay, we should go to church. You know, my Nate's getting older. I had a sister who was two. Uh, my mom, my stepdad. So that was, um, she's technically my stepsister, but we don't look at it that way. And, and so my parents thought, well, we should probably check out a church. We knew of a, my stepdad knew his, my stepdad's mom was very faithful at an independent Baptist church about an hour North of where we were. It was just too far for us to kind of go. We tried a couple of times on Sunday, but um, it just was too much. So he knew of a guy in our area and that pastor showed up to our house once one, I think it was on a Saturday to visit. And when he and the man pulled up, they both had black suits on and ties, white shirts and ties. And my entire family was over because it was my sister's birthday party. She was either turning two or three. And my family is Catholic. They were about an hour and a half out of town. They drove in they're Catholic. And so we see these guys get out and what's the first thought Jehovah's witnesses. Yeah. So, um, the men got out of their car. They knocked on our door. Well, my family told me, Nate, just tell them that you're Catholic and slam the door. My parents were not there. They were in another room of our home. My parents would have not been for that. You know, my parents would have been the ones to answer the door. So I was 11 or 12, um, somewhere in there, you know, might've been close to third. I don't know. It's that age where you're getting in junior high. And um, so I go to the door and when I, when I answered the door, the men asked for my parents by name. And that I remember that throwing me off because I thought, how do these guys know who my parents are? But then as I went to go turn to get my parents, the back of my mind triggered, Nate, you were just told, like, tell them you're Catholic and slam the door. So I, as I turned back, I said, <laughs> we're Catholic. And I slammed the door. When I slammed that door, my parents came running from where they were at because they could hear the slam. And they're like, what in the world? And I said, well, I told them we were Catholic and, <laughs> and slammed the door in their face. And, and my parents were like, well, first of all, we're not Catholic, which we were. <laughs> and second of all, don't ever do that. So uh, I think it was my stepdad went to the door, talked to the pastor and his the person that he was with. And, you know, very overly apologetic once we figured out what happened. Well, we had to go to church to prove to these people that we were not that type of family. You so we went we went for a week you know and did some i think they were playing basketball so we played in the basketball thing that night came back for that and then my parents were like ah, i don't know well we need you know we can't just go once you know we gotta so we ended up going for about a month or so and then it was like by then you're already kind of sucked into it and we really went from a family who was not we were i would say conservative lifestyle but not in church to over time became, you know, uh, independent Baptist on a very strong way. That's mm-hmm. just to shorten it up there. And 
started going to a Christian school that was uh, farther north of where we're at, started uh, playing basketball and sports with that school, but really got involved in going and hearing guys like, you know, Jack Hiles and Bob Gray preach when they were in town. Just really the pastor of the school was a Hiles Anderson graduate. My pastor was a Hiles Anderson graduate. My pastor was part of the um, Jeff Owens, Bob Gray segment of Hiles. So he wasn't, we would never, I've never been, even though we were only two hours away, maybe, maybe two and a half from Hiles Anderson college. I've never been on the campus. Um, really? So from the time I was 13 to 18, we I feel superior I think, to you now. Yeah, <laughs> you should. We went to youth conference like for like a day, a couple times, but it was we were like the team. We were the Bob Gray, whatever. So I'd go to TBC all the time, but um, for Solon Clinic or whatever. And my pastor, our church was always pretty small, and we would team up with another Christian school at some point. And I'm sure that there was a reason why, you know knowing how Baptist politics are, our church decided to start its own Christian school. And we would vary anywhere from eight to at best, I think 20 students. The entire time that we went there, I was in ninth grade all the way to my junior year, went through three years there. The closest boy to me at any point was, I believe, third grade. Wow. I mean, like that's how small the school was. There was more girls than guys, which is not unlike the norm. Right. But even then, there was one year when there was a girl that was in my class. um, But then she had left like halfway through my junior year somewhere in there. And then it was like just me and a bunch of junior hires again. So I told my pastor. I'm like, look, I I can't. No disrespect, but I've done this for three years. I can't do like I'm. I'm going to go off the deep end if I'm forced to do this another year, which yeah. looking back on it, maybe I should have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe you should have gone you off know? the deep end. Yeah. It probably would have been a lot better for my overall life. Um, but so I, I thought my pastor was going to say, okay, well, I'm going to send you to the Christian school that you play basketball with that you've played basketball with for the past four years. I'll send you there. It's 45 minute drive. You can drive now. You'll go there. No, he said, well, I, and I remember he goes, I only know of one place to send you. I'm like, okay. And he mentioned Longview for um, uh, Longview Christian Academy. And I thought, well, what in the, and sure enough, my senior year ended up going down there, um, threw me into a place where, you know, I went from being like this star of the show in my own small church and being like the quote unquote preacher boy, mm-hmm. whatever that was to yep. now I'm at this Christian school with these kids who it's a bigger one. I think I graduated with 13 kids, which isn't a big school, but when you go from being the only one, whatever, and, and just the, the academics were really tough. Um, academia was really just, I mean, it was brutal. Academia can be that way. Academia. I love macadamia. Yes. Academia nuts. Yes. um, That was difficult. And these kids had been in this structure their whole life of this religious system. Wait, you were like white chocolate academia nut. Love that. Okay. That's going to be your, that's going to be your rapping name. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sorry. Continue. um, No, you're good. So here I am with these kids. I don't really, by the time I figured out what the environment was, it was to the end of the year, thankfully. And, but I always, I feel like, and I went to the college there for two years after that, but I feel like 
that year of high school was really my would be equivalent of my first year of college, right? Because I was I was living away from my parents. I was staying with uh, with some people, some friends of mine that were actually in the college. That wasn't the original plan, but I ended up living with them. They had a young kid. I would help watch the young baby. And um, so it really, it was just a different environment for me. I was kind of just uh, not knowing what I was getting into. It, it's hard to explain mm-hmm. what that system and structure was like. And I don't want to spend most of my time there. Went the next year to uh, the college there where with you, Mark, you were a senior. I was a, a freshman, but you were married. So we didn't really know each other. Right. Now, some people may say, why don't you guys ever name the church or the college where you went? You guys mention it, but you never name it. Well, the truth is, is that the, it wouldn't matter if we named it because the names were changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> so therefore, <laughs> there's really no point. Um, but we, <laughs> we went there for two years. My second year... Yes. Um, not to say, Mark, and this is where I think I'd like to kind of after this little part, pause and give you a chance to speak into it. Okay. But um, there's a lot of things in the in the realm of the schooling I don't get upset with because I think anyone that goes to any type of school anywhere. Sure. Even when I've talked to people that have went to Pentecostal colleges that are now, uh, you know, Pentecostal or charismatic or whatever, there's always things where they look at and go, that rule was stupid. Right whatever. So I, I really, there's some things where I don't like to, I think we can sit here and mock and make fun, but I don't really find a lot of joy in just nitpicking, you know, the simple small rules because that's anywhere. And sometimes people that went to colleges like that, I was listening to a podcast. I shared the story with you, Mark, this, this, this test was going to be off the rails. So let's just go all in. Yeah. This girl was on this anti IFB podcast and she had been kicked out of the college after a couple months. And she's telling these stories about how the, you know, how she got kicked out and she's making it sound like she got kicked out for something really stupid. You know, my, my boyfriend was sick and I got him a cup of soup and they gave me demerit. She's naming like four or five things that are just stupid. Again, they're stupid. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever been in those environments as Mark and I have, you get in trouble for stuff that's stupid. Right. Well, th- then she got kicked out and you're like, oh man, that, you know, they kicked her out. I mean, what horrible people. And then she says, me and my boyfriend um, slept together in the chapel and I'm cleaning up the wording that she used. It's like, I'm driving. And I'm, Wait a minute. That's like saying I went to Walmart. I stole a pack of gum and then I robbed the bank inside Walmart. And then on my way home, they gave me 30 years yeah. for stealing a pack of gum. It's like, no, 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 no. <clears throat> you got 30 years for robbing the bank for robbing the bank and stealing yeah. the pack of gum was just thrown in with the charges but i'm pretty right. sure they would have let you go whenever you do something like that in the chapel i think all everyone's in agreement you might be someone that should probably head home at least for a christian so, college yeah yeah um so with the thing with me where I want to finish up the college part, Mark, let you come in. Then we'll go to the part I think will be helpful for people. But my second year of school, I don't want to tell the story because it's not fair. I mean, privately, I've told people um, that we'll talk about it, but it involves others. I don't want to bring anyone into a story. But, you know, I had a couple of things happen to me like late my first year and then like second year 
there are some things that I saw that there was just no going back from. Had I stayed at that college, I was already dead on the inside. Maybe it was because I was there for three years already, had just thought that the place was the coolest place ever and changing the world for God and then realizing, you know, seeing how the sausage is made yeah. and just going, uh, this is not good. But I experienced some things where, and, and I can't tell the whole story, it involves some of me and my friends of mine and others of things where it was just very unhelpful, wicked. I think Jesus, you know, I think it's John chapter number eight when um, they're mocking Jesus because, you know, well, we know who our father is and implying that Jesus, you know, doesn't. Right. And then Jesus says, well, you know, I know who your father is. He's the devil. And I think that a lot of times when you're looking for, when you're looking for Jesus, you can find him in places where you wouldn't think that you would. You find that with the woman at the well, you find yep. him in places where, you know, he would be um, with, with the lowest of lows. And then sometimes when you think you're going to find God in the places of college and place, I think sometimes you find the face of Satan there and someone will say, well, that's not fair. I didn't name names. I'm not going to name names, but there are some people that were on staff that were um, just not good people. I'll, I'll, I'll be as kind as I can there. And yep. there were some things that I saw there was just no coming back from. I made it as long as I could. Yeah. I finished out the semester and I'm like, I'm out of here. And so I, you know, and I'll, I'll pass that to you. You can ask me anything on that. But the thing that saddens me the most about that place isn't even the fact of the rules and the stupid stuff or even what I saw there because it is recoverable. Mm -hmm. But we, our level of, you know, you would hear things in chapel like, we thought epistles were apostles' wife, but we love God. You know, like we, right. we almost celebrated being ignorant and we didn't read books. We didn't, but our thing was we're going to go out soul winning, pass out gospel tracts and work to where we're constantly tired. But as far as learning and growing from scripture, there was never an emphasis on you're here to learn and grow in grace, but also study, which is so important because when people say, like, well, the Holy Spirit will guide and direct me. All right. When's the last time you were reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit told you a word that what it meant in Greek right. doesn't happen, right? Like these are things that, that that's not there. And so I think that for me, if I had one thing to look back on where I'm the most sad or saddened is that, you know, there was never an emphasis placed on any type of higher learning. And I, I don't even know if you could say lower learning. I think mm -hmm. it was just, you know, um, copy and paste whatever Jack Hyle said, even though he could change his mind on what he meant throughout his ministry. But, you know, yeah. I, none of us could. So please, Mark, decipher, uh, take, go. No, I, I, I would just, uh, because I went right out of high school um, from a pretty good high school environment, a small Christian school, into um, the college. And it, it was a culture shock as it was what i'm curious about is being thrown into the christian high school there that was supposed to be feeding and funneling the college with home students um do you think that what you saw in interacting with the other high school guys and girls um in the church school before you got into college did, you, did that did that affect you in any way that either i guess maybe negatively affect you in any way setting you up for where you may have already been jaded before even starting bible college because uh, a lot of times you get a, a view behind the curtain uh, it's like the jokes <laughs> excuse me the jokes people tell 
about, you know, pastor's kids or pastor's daughters being the worst ones. I'm going to cough again. <clears throat> was that, was, it, did any of that happen with you where you were like, I thought this was going to be the Mecca and it turns out this may not be good after all. Yeah. I think that may have played a part in the, end of the first early second year of mm. the college part because what happened for me my thought pattern was well these kids you know are, were kind of like rebellious and they mm -hmm. just didn't want to serve god with their life and they were in this christian school and you know uh, and and things like that but then when you actually go to the college and experience things and then you realize like oh these kids acted the way they did because they've seen what i'm seeing now their whole life mm -hmm. and they know it's just a, a dog and pony show and that there's no substance here and that the place really was built on. Um, I'm not going to say that. That's not fair. The The structure wasn't as healthy as what they made it out to be. I'll be as kind yeah. as I can. Right. Yeah. Like, so, I think some that of these kids, yeah. some of these That's kids fair. would go and get celebrated because they would go and write a bunch of names in a convert slip that didn't really pray or they'd go into the ghetto and get a bunch of kids to get baptized and then they'd get celebrated. But then if they were honest, they'd get yelled at if they didn't actually win somebody, you know? Um, and there's just a lot of things where I, I think I would say that, that it did open my eyes later as to, Oh, now I know why a lot of these kids were the way that they were. And had I been in that structure, as long as they were, I would have had the same mindset that they did. I really believe that. Cause I think a lot of them are great people. Yeah. That, yeah. We have good relationships you know, with quite a few yeah. of them. And they're great people. And even the ones that now are, would say that they're atheist or that they don't want anything to do with God, or maybe they knew a version of me that I'm not the way that I am now that I was then we can all change. But I think they're just great people who are thrown in an environment that just was unhealthy and unfair yeah. to them. And some people go through that and they're like, no, it was amazing. And that's, it takes a special person for that because yep. um, I think, I think this is fair. It probably, it may be 50, 50. I think that, but probably I think it'd be the other way that there's more people that have been hurt in that type of environment overall than have been helped. And if you just are going to look at the small segment of people and say, well, this, this core group made it, that's fine. I, I don't think that's a good way to look at life um, yeah. because you said last week that I thought was awesome when you said, do some of these people have a soul and why do they keep enjoying hurting people? Yeah. And it's one thing for people to walk away and say, you know what? I'm just, the God thing just isn't for me. But like, if I believed in God, I would want to believe like you would do that. Like, that's one of our goals, right, Mark? For, right. for us to be like, hey, if somebody says, hey, I don't believe in God, but it's not because, you know, you're a jerk, right? right. Like, that's, th that's a big deal to me because yes. I've seen too many people where I don't believe in God because if God is real the way I was told yep. and I have to be like that guy, I'm good, right? Yep. And there's a lot of that out there. Absolutely. So, so how did that set you up then? You didn't finish, you didn't finish college. You were wounded. Um, I think probably in your heart and soul and your mind was a little bit off when you, when you left, but you're leaving what happened after college because you didn't graduate. So um, what came next then? So I was, went home for the whatever summertime i think again this august mixed up but i was actually living down in the town there 
for a year or so and then got married. So I was one of those guys that people probably looked at and were like, oh, he's backslid. He's whatever. He's just here. He's, you know, and was I really going to church? Not really. I mean, not, I was, but not like I quote mm-hmm. would have been, you know, but no excuse, but to be fair, like, why do you want to go and just, you know, be sermon fodder? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, so I was there, ended up getting married. We moved to Michigan at one point, um, whereas in Michigan for, I don't know, a couple of years. And then I just felt like need to do something. Cause I, one thing with me, and even though any, many times I've tried, I think Mark, this is something that we share. I would love to get out of ministry. What I mean by that is like, if there was ever something that opened up the door and was like, Hey, take this opportunity. I'd love to take it. The problem is, is I don't think that I would be able to do it. Like, you know, just today at work, I'm in the break room. Somebody comes in and talks to me. I've never even announced what I do there, but I'm sure word gets out. Right. Yep. So they know I've got another job, what I do. And someone just starts, you know, crying and, and talking about different things. And then, you know, again, I'm not going to share their story because that's not fair. And that's not what we do. I'm just giving an example right. of here. I am in this environment that has nothing to do with God. And here I am, you know, being involved in someone's life, right? It's yeah. just what you're like we a do. walking bug light. You, yeah, I mean, it like, just happens. It's what we do. So yep. there's no way around that. And I and I and I want to be that person, but I just know, like, if there was ever a way to be like, hey, because I know what it's done to my family, and I know different things. So, um, ended up going to Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was Champion Baptist College at the time. Now I think yep. it's Champion Christian, um, and was going to college there. And I think it was second semester in or end of my first, I don't know what it's all kind of runs crazy, but was married, had a kid. So I'm around 27, somewhere in there, 26. I can't remember, maybe not even that much, but I'm in school and um, we went to go visit my parents in Michigan and a pastor up, up there uh, the church they went to independent Baptist church. He calls me in the office when we're getting ready to leave. And, you know, I'm having good conversations with him because I'm going to be a quote unquote in ministry. And he's, you know, you know, the lingo, you know, the way this stuff works. And he's like, Hey, Nate, I, I want you to, I'm looking for a new assistant. I want you to pray about it or something. But he didn't like say it was me or something at that time. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, and he goes, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're looking at who? And he's like you. And I said, I still got like a year left. And he goes, let me tell you what Curtis Hudson told me. I, his story was from what he told me that pastor is that he was going to a college in the last semester, they shut the Bible college down. Okay. So he would have had to have moved to go to a different college. And he said, he went to Curtis Hudson and Curtis Hudson told them, if you don't have it now, you're not going to have it. Just go live your life and do ministry. So he had told me that he's like, look, you know, what's the point of finishing God's calling you here now. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That sounds good. You know, again. Yeah. And it's, and it makes you feel really good. Right. That they want you. Right. So you just, you go, okay. Like, yeah, he's onto something or whatever. I mean, like this is what I'll interrupt to say there is a huge impact in both of those colleges to listen. When a man of God says something like that, that carries immense weight in your life. Right. And that college now is accredited, which if yeah. I hadn't stayed and finished, I would have an accredited degree at the time. It wasn't. And the thought pattern was, you know, a simple mindedness thought pattern was these aren't accredited schools. Anyways, when you're young, you don't know any better. 
Right. But when you're married and older, you're like, these aren't even accredited. So I'm not here for the actual accreditation. Mm -hmm. I'm here for specific learning from men of God, like you mentioned. And so when one of them says that they want me, then it must be what God wants. So Mm -hmm. um, that was a big deal to, to hear. So we ended up going up to Michigan and it was one of those jobs where I was still working third shift at Walmart. I was working Friday night in the RU ministry is one of the things they had me do. Then I was doing Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, working at Walmart, uh, basically full time slash if you I was working four nights a week at Walmart, living the dream. I was working there Monday through Thursday, full time. And then on the weekends, I mean, I felt like I was back in Bible college. Well, the pastor's wife ended up getting sick, unfortunately. Mm. And so he was gone with her a lot. And I was and again, this is an unqualified doofus. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night. And keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not getting paid like at all, you know, but because I was in the quote unquote ministry, I was happy until you realize my body was breaking down. Um, wasn't, and I went to the pastor and talked to him about money, you know, and then he said, well, we'll do pledges at the same time. He brings in some other guy to be an assistant, because if you have one guy that you're not paying rather than pay him, let's bring in two people that we're not paying. Yep. And then let's have them be almost a, um, frenemies, right? That's right. That's the a little bit of healthy competition. Yep. Yeah. Healthy competition. And, um, you know, so it was just a mess. I'd been there for a while. And then I told him, I'm like, Hey, when I first came here, I told you, I felt like God wanted me to start a church in this town. And I, I feel like I need to do that. Well, there was some other stuff going on in the church. There was uh, a mess where, you know, independent Baptist churches can just be to quote you from a previous episode, Mark, they can just be hell holes. And this one had got really toxic and bad. Someone had wrote this pastor a letter um, accusing him of all just insane stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't. It was it was the worst thing I've ever had heard. You know, the, uh, when the pastor read it to me, it was the worst thing I'd ever. Well, because I was in the process of leaving, some people thought that I had something to do with it. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm thinking, no, I want to get out of this place. And don't please, you know, whoever wrote this wants this place. Like, yes, I don't want this place. And. Uh, but it was just, you know, and then it was just a mess. So we ended up leaving sooner than we would have originally wanted to, but it was just time. And, um, you know, that church, I remember telling the pastor like, Hey, this is my last Sunday. And then he took up an offering that night. They gave me like 700 and some dollars, but it, you know, they did it just to save face. It wasn't like they were behind me. And truthfully, there was a very wealthy couple there that night that, wrote a check for pretty much all of it because yeah. the rest of the people weren't behind whatever. So we, we, we started a church in the Grand Rapids area with just 10 people. Seven of them were my family. The other uh, three were just like lifelong friends. I mean, and we started it in one of my parents' tax offices and um, you know, it, which, to be was, fair, has always you know, been an amazing part of your story to me, that you started a church in a tax office. Right. Just like, talk about behind enemy lines. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. I ain't going to pay no taxes, but I'm going to have my church <laughs> in a tax office. I mean, that is, that's right. that's big league stuff to me. That's why you're always up on a pedestal with me. I'm on a pedestal. <laughs> Proceed. And 
and we um we didn't know what we were doing man but god really blessed in some crazy ways and we did a lot of really stuff that you look back on and you just shake your head when you're in religion there's just things that make sense when you're in a bubble that outside of it you just shake your head at like you know you're in this tax office with cardboard cutouts from the business and you're in suits and ties and you know we had to have sunday school sunday morning and sunday night but our sunday night we would have mid-afternoon because we would go eat lunch at a local restaurant and then come back and have because we had to have that right you have to you need three to thrive so just stuff where you just shake your head at where if you had to do it over again you wouldn't Mm. but in the moment you know you look back on it and you're like yeah that was you know what it was and um but our church went from 10 to about 15 for you know, in four months. And really those that were part of that 15 outside of the original were just people that we had kind of met on the street. Um, that type of stuff, just cool stories of leading people to Christ, but it wasn't like, you know, families that that would, you know, like, yeah, you get to the next level. Well, after I think it was five or six months, our church just went from like 15 man to like 50. I mean, it was crazy and it happened quick. Um, a couple of those families were because of another pastor in town. Oddly enough, Mark was involved in what I just mentioned earlier that some people can figure out hmm. that just so happened to be a healthy part in running people off, um, you know, and go figure. Go and figure. So, so our church went from that and we ended up getting a building within the first year our anniversary service, we brought in a guest speaker. We had in one of our services, we had over a hundred people. I mean, we were like, that's exciting stuff. You know, you know, it really is. Yeah. I mean, at the time, man, like, you know, I look back on it with just different thought patterns because it was amazing. It was awesome. I felt like the sword of the Lord was going to call me at any moment. I mean, really <laughs> like it was like, I remember that I, feeling. I'm partly joking. And then partly I'm just like, you know, I thought that we were headed somewhere like huge and we'd for man, year two into year three, somewhere in there, we started having some hardships. We were reaching people, but the finances weren't there. Our building was small, but we couldn't really afford it. So we rented from another church and in the process of renting from another church, we had to have weird service times. And we just kind of like tanked. Um, when I say tanked went from like a lot to like, not as much. And, you know, but I remember, man, there was one point within that where we were running for uh, eight weeks. We were running our lowest day was like 75. I mean, it was like, you know, crazy, which if you told me at the end of my life, that would be the biggest. <laughs> that would be your your greatest days. I'd be like, man, I hope not. But it looks like well, it is. I hope this isn't the so, end of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> 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 yeah, I can run 10 for a long time. Yeah. So uh, but that was like looking back on it, you know, it's like, man. Um, those were some awesome times and some times where, I mean, I don't want to always mock the Baptist stuff. There were some things we did we wouldn't do now, Yeah. but you know, God used it and we really, we were true to who we were in the moment, but yep. my son was born in, um, uh, the year the church started the church, he was born. So about year four or five, we start realizing with his, some of his disabilities are coming more into play. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that were quote unquote, my friends, because I had to change a couple small things, some things I changed Mark, not, not even to be like 
unbaptist we stopped doing sunday night because i couldn't do it i was working an outside job and we were finding out about my son's issues and i just couldn't do it i i yeah you know but once you close sunday night instead of people wrapping their arms around you how can we help you they just write you off in the liberal pile and they toss you off to the side yeah um also around year as my son is having these issues i i'm i'm looking at him i'm looking at life and i'm going really like people are dealing with kids like this and people are dealing with real hurts and i'm sitting here worried about what we're wearing to church and i'm worried about what songs we're going to sing and i'm worried about what version of the bible we're going to use and i like is this really what god cares about like if jesus were here right now and I mean, how many times, apparently for some people, they're very good at it, but how many times can you preach Romans 14, Mark? Right. And get past the point that it clearly says in the Bible in Romans 14 that the person with higher standards is the weaker brother. Yep. Am I wrong? Nope. Stricter standards, (laughs) weaker brother. Yeah. So now you may not have heard that because it's, but it's like black and white, clear as day. Higher says it more than once is the weaker brother. Yeah. It's, it's said multiple times, right? Like higher standards is the weaker brother. And so once you start realizing that in scripture, you're like, wait a minute, every time that there was a chance in the early church to, to kick somebody out or to say, you know, uh, I think it was acts 15, right. Mm -hmm. Where James had to make the final call. And he's like, no, these, these uncircumcised Gentiles, they're a part of the church. Like they're good. Right. So every time that there's been a chance for inclusion, it's gone the way of the quote unquote liberal. And every time in the Bible, somebody has more standards, they're actually looked at as a as a lower person. Now, I'm not saying that to to glorify having no standards. I'm right. just saying that, you know, things that we were taught when you actually start to study the scripture, you if you have a conscience and you have a soul, you only have so long before you go. Wait a minute this isn't working. And I know some great people who would disagree with what I just said. Mm-hmm. Some of them though, they're really going to disagree with this. I think that that's just because whenever you tell them something, they have the mindset of, okay, I'll just carry this the rest of my life. It's like the person who, you know, um, always shops at the same store, you know, they, they just, right. They're not going to change focus. Yeah. They don't change. They, you know, um, they've worn the same suit for 30 years too. Like they're right. just, it's the same mindset. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I'm starting to, then I'm really starting to change. So, but really, I mean, up until what I said, like the, so go from there, man. All right. You, so you my, to, my, I have a question. My question is, there. cause it sounds like that, uh, not just the birth of your son, but as his diagnosis and the problems began to become too big to ignore. Um, and it was the intersection between your family dynamic and ministry dynamic became untenable. So that's a, that's a word in academia that, that means you can't, you can't hold it any, any longer. It's, it's breaking. Was there anybody in your life that came alongside of you and said, dude, maybe they didn't say dude, but just dude, I can tell you're you're about to go go down a road that is going to make things really really hard what are you thinking how are you planning on navigating this and 
can I help you navigate understanding how to pastor a growing church and parent a special needs son, which is not going to make that job easy? Did anybody come alongside and try to help you navigate that? Or were you just on your own? Only time I can ever think is there was a guy who found me who helped us later on. I actually had to reach out to him, but there was a guy who found me on Facebook who pastored a church in our town. Okay. And we went out for coffee and I remember he, he asked me some basic questions, gave him the answers. And then he said to me, he said, I know where you're at. I know where you're going. I think I could help you, but I didn't know him well enough. Yeah. And he wasn't part of my background. So I didn't give him a chance. Yeah. So nobody from the IFB world reached out to you. No. Yeah. See, that's, that, that is, I 100% agree with that. That once I stopped bringing them in and giving them checks, they didn't care. I 100% Um, concur. I had the same experience. Yeah. They, I've never had anyone in the IFB ever reach out to me ever and say, I'm worried about you. Can I help? Because they, they don't care. No. And for those of you who think that they care, um, stop scheduling them and watch what happens. Yeah. Right? Like, or, and maybe that's not fair. Cause I think that there's some guys who I respect that maybe we were more on a level of pay for play. Um, but you know, I've, I've been invited Mark to speak at places multiple times, conveniently never happened. Right. Like, yep. We want to fly to bring you in and talk about blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, it's all broken <laughs> promises. Yeah. And, it's a value you know, added proposition. Yeah. If you don't add any perceived value to their ministry model, then yeah. you, you, you just, you're not important. You know, you're not, yeah. you're just not important. Um, yeah, I, I've absolutely. I was, I'm just, I'm saddened yeah. to hear that, but it, it was also my experience. So I was wondering if it was yours that, that when you started to struggle, um, you know, yeah, when you, uh, this is your story, not mine, but absolutely. No, yeah. Okay, so that's that's cool, um, or not cool, but there there it is. So you start shifting, you start changing in some areas. It sounds to me as a result of both recognizing this this isn't working where I'm at, and right. I'm not working where I'm at. I mean, things are tough at home, things are tough ministry. Um, did you ever find yourself in a kind of in a, in a free fall? Like, I'm not even sure where this is. I'm not even sure what to do now. Like I'm completely dis discombobulated. I'm completely unmoored. I, I don't even know what to do. If you did, then where did you, where did you go from there? Great question. So I, I would say for, for me, your wife's hashtag, right? Mm. IFB and not, Still IFB and not sure how not to be. Yeah, that played a huge part. So you you always, and and I'll get to this later, the hardest part about ministry and the church I'm helping at, I'm trying to just like ingrain this in the young pastor is, look, you attract who what you are, not what you want. Mm -hmm. So you can't just hope to stay the the way you are and look at the people in the room and go, I want to reach a different type of people. You're reaching what you have because of who you currently are. So if you don't change who you are, you're not going to reach new people, right? Mm-hmm. So we would we we're starting to reach people who are coming out of the IFB as well. But it's it religion just sucks, man. Like you know, put that word. It just does. It it, yep. it ruins everything. Um, and so as we're trying to change, and also with our background, Mark, yeah, they didn't tell us how to change or teach us how to change anything because 
why would they? Right. It's like we taught you this. You're never going to change. Right. You look to Mecca. We'll tell you when and how to change. When and how to change. But there's never any way to say if you were to ever change anything anywhere, here's some processes. So it was a rough road. And around 2017, late 2017, early 2018, Mm -hmm. um, we had been a church that had gone through some of these issues and problems, but we would always hover around 40, sometimes 50, sometimes higher, sometimes a little lower. But usually I would say around 40, somewhere in there is where we would kind of always meet. But I knew just from hearing church leaders and things, we got to find a way to get to 75. Because 75, because we didn't have a building. If we had a building, we would have been fine. Right. But when you don't have a building, you got to find a way because at some point you have to have a meeting place to fall back on. Right. And so we would just meet in different areas and places. And it was around late 2017, somewhere in there. um, We'd finally started to make some bigger changes. And one of my buddies was starting a church in our area. And he had gone through uh, the North American Mission Board, which is through the Southern Baptist Convention. That's their that's their um, church plant, like okay. what they funnel that stuff through. And he was starting a church in our area, and he calls me, and he's like, "Hey, I talked to my guy, and even though you've been a pastor, we like give him a call, and I think that we could really help you." He goes, "Because Nate, th- this is like." you know, they're going to get you in their pipeline and you'll meet some new friends and you'll, you'll have people. Cause when you leave the IFB, I just didn't know who to be friends with. You know, right. and like, there's a reason why when you, when you go to a, even in the town I'm in, if you go to a church in the area, that's not IFB, but you, you see all the people that were from the IFB, they hang out together because we, right. the way we were trained, we feel like the weirdos. We don't know where to go or what to do. So I'm like, I need a group of people. And I, uh, so I get with this guy and we have a few meetings and he's like, man, like this could work. You're going to have a new tr-. And he's telling me all this stuff that they do. And, uh, you know, and you're going to have a new church in six months. Like, okay. So start preparing your people. So I start preparing and talking and, um, and the way that it works, which knowing what I know now, I would do it totally differently. I actually still wouldn't have done it at all, but, um, they have you fill out my questionnaires like you would not believe you and your wife. I mean, and they're not like, here's 40 questions. It is right. unreal. Then they want people that you've led to Christ to fill them out. They want your church members to fill them out. They want a coworker to fill them out. And they're just like 120 questions. It's crazy. I mean, oh. absolutely crazy. And then they take you and they do these big time character assessments. Well, when the guy told me about it, he said, hey, we're going to have you do this. That he, he came and he spoke at our church and he's like, you know, we normally don't do stuff like this, but because of your pastor and I've got a good feeling and they, so they got all of my paperwork together and they sent it all in. And I remember telling the guy when I'm filling some of this stuff out, I'm like, Hey, some of this is not going to come back good because, you know, it asks questions, you know, with the spousal stuff and do you ever vacation separately and just stuff that you're like, okay, this isn't going to go well and right. upbringing and different things like that. And just stuff that doesn't matter. Well, I thought they wanted to know the truth about me because their biggest thing was if we know everything about you, then we can help you later. So just be honest. Truthfully, Mark, they just wanted me to pass. They didn't care about helping me. They just, they want you to quote unquote pass. Yep. Had I known that, I would have had different people fill it out than I did. And I would have, you know, basically just made it go through well. Well, 
spoke in front of the church and then he goes well actually you won't be able to meet this class you got to wait for the next one or something so you won't have a new church until the following year so it won't be the first of 2018 it'll be the first of 2019 my years may be off but it was like instead of instead of six months it was going to be like a year and six months or something like that or whatever okay and i'm like okay you know whatever and but you know and we're going to take you through it's basically going to be like a bible college class and they call it a cohort and you go in this class and they've got these pastors and these different people and you just you know basically build a church and they grill you and they come at you and you know it's intense man it really is it's not it's not a joke it's it's uh 20 hours of of different classes and stuff throughout the week and then big time discussions and then you do different things while i'm currently pastoring and um i go to the first class and uh i remember i bought a $2500 computer and i went to the first class and i bought i went on the the nam website and i bought a bunch of stuff you know cuz i'm like if i'm going to i'm going to be team that you know these right. are my new brothers, you know? So I'm like all excited. I go to the first class and the guy that gets up to talk, he just so happens to have an autistic son. And, you know, God doesn't want you to be, God's going to take things in your life that um, others don't have. And he's going to build your greatest work off of that is kind of what they talked about. And this guy talked about it. I mean, I was so excited, man. Well, the guy, when I left the class that day, he's like, hey, and he was moving out of state the guy that got me in and he goes, Hey, I want to have lunch. I want to have breakfast with you and your wife. I think the class is on Friday. He's like on Monday or Tuesday or something like that. I'm like, okay. So keep in mind, Catherine hasn't dealt much with these guys at all. Other than the the thing that I had her fill in. And I told her, I said, you know, these guys are different. These guys are different. You know, I'm yeah. just building it up and we go out for breakfast and, uh, the guy sits across from us and we're talking and he's like, Hey, did you see your results from your stuff? I'm like, well, not really, because I know I got an email for something, but I don't really know how this works. And he's, so he pulls out everything and he's like, look, basically, you know, all of your stuff came back average or something like that. I mean, there was nothing that was like abysmal. And I looked at, I said, well, I mean, first of all, you told me to be honest. Second of all, with my family situation, some of the stuff's going to come back lower and, like third of all, um, if I was the next Billy Graham, I wouldn't be here in the first place. And he kind of <laughs> laughed, and, you know, and uh, and he's like, yeah, he goes, well, here's the problem, man. He goes, we uh, we're not going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And he goes, we're not going to help you. Now, keep in mind, Mark, and, you know, ask any questions. <laughs> but our church went from running 60 down to 20 because of this. Like. And the. And I'm like, you know, what, what, yeah. you know, and, and, and well, they just left me. I yeah. mean, they, they literally, so when I, when we got back to the house, the box of stuff that I ordered there that day. And then I call and mm. I have to ship it back myself. Yep. And, uh, it was just brutal, man. Like I remember, and I didn't know what to do or where to go. And <clears throat> so for people that, think that you're cool because you're going to a Southern Baptist church, which my wife currently does. Okay. Like I'm not mocking. And she's cool. As cool as can be. Absolutely. I I've always told people this, like in my life, I've actually been treated worse by the Southern Baptist than I have the independent Baptist. And that says a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It's not supposed to be a competition, but if it were, (laughs) if it were. So 
IFB, SBC, it's pretty much all BS. And that's just my thought pattern on it. And, um, you know, so our church was there. We had a guy that I met through Nam who started coming to our church at Solid Rock who told me, he's like, man, you know, he had passed everything with flying colors, by the way. Like, I mean, it's hard to explain how in-depth these guys go, but he passed everything, you know, I was told this type of stuff doesn't happen. He's a superstar, whatever, like, yeah, be like him. Well, he starts coming to my church and he's like, Nate, you don't like, I've got all their stuff. Why don't we do this on our own? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, so me, him and another guy who'd been coming and like somebody else who was there for three months, every Saturday, I think met and started replanning, restructuring. (coughs) And we were going to have this big launch date three months later and the guy and i don't hate him i don't i'm not upset with him i'm all i'm still perplexed but after all of that knowing everything that i had gone through knowing that we were like going to relaunch again and did the whole spin of like you know god wasn't in the first round but look look what came through it the guy (laughs) comes to me like the week before we're supposed to do everything and says i no longer believe in god and i'm like what like and he's like yeah i i shouldn't say god he no longer believed in jesus okay and because he had some view in something else and i'm like what you know and he's like well i just yeah like i pretty much man like it's just not i'm good yeah (laughs) i'm like dude so this has been a year of this right like and i was just gone i mean like mentally gone i mean that guy left everything we went over was basically useless i feel like once again the guy walking in the room that had stepped in dog crap that didn't know it i mean yep you know so go ahead man okay so i know approximately where we are in your story i'm also watching the clock um and i know that if uh, so i want to i want to see if i can if I can move us here, I don't want to skip a lot of your story. I know that if you went into the details about the pandemic, closing Solid Rock, pastoring that other church for a year, I mean, we got another hour and a half's worth of stuff at the minimum, yeah. you know, that you could talk to. But so far, you have expressed three significant letdowns, um, both from um, if we want to wrap up college and IFB into one, then the Southern Baptist, you, you know, you're looking for some help, looking for someone to say, Hey, we believe in you. We can help you because we're not trying to yeah. do our own thing. We, we want a tribe. We want people to help. Right. And you get let down a second time. Now, just this one individual that says, I'm here, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. And then wham, your legs get knocked out from underneath you. And it's not going to be too long that the pandemic's coming around there's going to be yeah. a painful decision to close solid rock and then a glimmer of hope to help um, interim at a church. And that is, is a story all in itself. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I know from the time we've had and listening to you so far and our conversations, this is like, it's like one gut punch after another. Like it feels like the only reason you have a gut is for someone to punch it. Like that's what <laughs> you exist to be. 
you're like that little rag doll on the game my daughter plays on her tablet that the whole purpose of the game is this rag doll that you just use your finger and flick it all around everywhere i mean this like what's the point of this rag doll it's like it's just here to make me feel better by flicking it around the screen and that's you know it would be easy to see how a person could feel like that who's gotten um sucker punched and also correct me if i'm wrong maybe a little bit of feeling like god's kind of kicked you in the gut a little bit like sold you sold you a bill of goods so you can go back and fill in any of those blanks if you want to but my question going forward and if you want to go back to go forward is how have you how have you just not said like screw it you know i'm you know i'm done with this how how is it that you're even sitting here talking about church as if it's still something that you're even remotely interested or god is even remotely interesting to you like that's maybe we can kind of go go to that i don't know man (laughs) fair enough all right well thank you for watching today and we'll be back (laughs) pretty much i i don't know um, I, I wish I, I wish I could sit here and tell you, you know, uh, that, <laughs> that I, uh, there was some bow I could put on it. Yeah. I wish that I could tell you, um, that there, it was all some great purpose. I, I just, I don't know. I, um, like I said, every time I've tried to get away or every time I try to whatever, I just, I can't. And I don't like I I just I don't know what it is. Um I I don't know. I Okay. There's well, a me, there's a desire to help people, I think. Um, okay. And every time I just like, you know what, screw it, I don't care. There's always someone that needs help somewhere, or I see something and I just want to, you know, I don't want to say get involved, but it just so happens to come upon. So I Okay. I, well, let me, me let me try to narrow it down a little bit more than yeah. you mentioned. Uh, and you talked about, you know, again, that hashtag my wife has, you know, still IFB, not sure how not to be. You want to be a different person, but yeah. you and I have talked about whether it's even possible for a person to be a different person or not. Um, right. But sometimes I think what we mean is I want to be free to be the person that I feel like I am, but I'm I'm in this constraint. And I, I go to this church and I'm like, I really love what I see here, but I still can't get over how uncomfortable I am with the things that I'm seeing. Yeah. And it's so hard. So um, how can I put this into the form of a question? Uh, do you feel like at this stage in your, in your life and ministry that you have, have been able to, to break out of some of the the baggage and constraints that were placed on you and yeah. be that person? Or are you still just as much fighting that as anything out in the church world? No, that doesn't bother me. And I think, you know, the more I think about it, the one that I think this would help answer your question okay. more would be every time in my life, I want to be done with church or whatever. Mm-hmm there's one thing I can't ever get past. And if I could get past this, I would be totally done. Okay. And that's Jesus and who he is and what he's done for me. And what I mean by that is it always comes back to this for me. Did he raise from the dead or didn't he? Yeah. If I can ever tell you that the answer to that is no, then I think I could be just completely whatever. Yeah. But every time I want to be done with everything out there, 
and I and I always go back to the bare minimum. It's like I I can't get pet. Like what what do right. I do with this? Like this is like the foundation that every time everything else gets destroyed, that foundation is there. Like and so I think that that's what always keeps me still fighting. If that's a fair, yeah, you know, no, it is. What am I fighting? Sometimes I feel like I'm fighting God, but yeah, I, I think it's it's that. As far as the church world goes, I, it doesn't bother. I mean, okay. I am not bound anymore. The church I work at, they asked me to do f- some things for that. That's fine. I, it doesn't bother me. But as far as like personal life, I am not letting anyone dictate who I am or what I do. Uh, you know, yeah. if I post something that someone doesn't like, have a good day. You can go on about your merry way or, right. you know, preacher shouldn't say that preacher shouldn't this preacher. Okay. Well then go find the one that does whatever you want. I mean, yeah. I, I, not in a mean spirited way. I know right. when I say that, it sounds like I'm cold hearted, but I, it's just, I, I'm past that. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe this will be, um, Maybe maybe this will just fill all the way through the new year, right? Like the two part, three part, whatever you want to do with this mess. Yeah. Well, so where so where do you where do you see where do you see your story at now and going going forward from here? Well, where I'm at now, so to just super fast forward through stuff, like you said, not to get too involved in whatever. But after that guy left, I ended up going on a sabbatical that as a small church pastor, I took out a $5,000 loan to take a six week sabbatical. Kind of funny. That's how it works. Mm. Um, a pastor, the guy who years and years earlier had sat down with me. He actually preached for me the six weeks that I was on sabbatical. And then when we got back, this was like late 2019. I sat down with him. I was able to break down where we were at as a church. He's like, Nate, I'm here to help you, but I just want you to know if you're into more of the same junk that you've seen, I'm out. But if you really want to change, I can help you. And he pastored a church in town that was, you know, fairly well established. And some of our people actually still go there. Great guy. Um, He worked with us, Mark, for six weeks in a row on Friday night for two and a half hours. He worked with me in our core. And when he left, will never forget the first Sunday after he left. Well, I shouldn't say that if I get dementia, I'll forget. But I, I as long as I can cognitively think, <laughs> cognitively think, I won't forget. But um, all of a sudden, I'm in the back office at our church, and someone comes to me and says, two families are here, and two families out of nowhere, like the first guy that was done after all that hard work had just showed up. They had kids. It like brought life in. And one of the things that has always been a punch in the gut is we started tracking everything and going through, it was just crazy. Yeah. And when I go back through the paperwork that's in my garage, the one time we were moving and I had to move it all, I actually saw it. You could see how leading up until the pandemic, like God was doing things that he'd never done in our church. Like, gosh, I mean, and then the pandemic hit and everything just went to hell. And, you know, you can say when your team loses, like, well, we didn't care how we lost. You know, it's not it's not how we lost. It's that or it's not that we lost. It's how we lost and things like that. Yeah. And the truth is, you would rather watch. You know, it is that. But I would rather watch my team get blown out in the first quarter so I can turn it off than lose on a last second. Can't believe that. And I feel like, you know, to do all that hard work and then to see the church close and just like abysmal, you know, heartbreak. That will always bother me. I'll never get over that. I feel like I let people down. I feel like, you know, part of me feels like to sit on your couch. Part of me feels like I shouldn't have anything successful from here on out because people I let down, like, yeah. you know, like, and that's hard to deal with. 
But, you know, helping out that other hellhole, I'm not even going to, I don't even want that to be part of my story. It is, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Um, I'll just close out with this and, uh, you know, I'll channel my inner Perry Noble. So I'll say some words here, Mark, that probably won't. Um, if you want to bleep them, fine. If not, you know, it's Christmas time. So what's the cuss word going to hurt? Right. Um, <laughs> so I get this job at FedEx and I'm just miserable. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, just like miserable soul. I'm just angry and they're paying me good and they're teaching me stuff, but I'm just always just complaining about st- things I shouldn't. And this other opportunity to help out that's just at this church comes up and it's not a perfect situation and guys with my track record, like, you know, um, Andy Stanley's not calling anytime soon. Right. Right. Like, right. You know, but does he have your um, number? That's the, you know, that's yeah, how could he call uh, if he doesn't have that's it? Probably what so. it is, you know? And when I go to churches, I hear idiots say things all the time. Like, well, the reason why stuff happened to you is because you weren't living around. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm sitting in a FedEx truck one day and I'm, I'm start. I just started helping out at this other church a little bit and I'm fighting with that. Cause I don't want to go here and that. And Mark, I've shared the story with you, but and I'm just praying, but really I'm not praying. I'm just kind of like complaining mm-hmm. and a story she came to my mind and my stepdad, before we were ever in church, used to always tell this joke when I was a kid that um, at places and I'm telling you, there's been very few times in my life where I feel like something came to mind or like God just brought it, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And I'm sitting in this truck and I'm in the passenger pilot seat and I'm just in my soul, just angry and sweaty and hot and just like want to be done with all of it. And out of nowhere, this thought comes in and it's this guy and these guys would always go out fishing every day. And one guy, he would always come back with his boat full and they would go cash out their fish. And this guy was just rich because he was always raking in way more money. And one day, the one of his buddies says, man, I want to go with you. I want I, You need to teach me your secret. And so he says, all right, man, if you want to. And he's like, are you sure? And the guy's like, yeah, because I need to provide better for my family. So they go on this boat and they find a spot. And all of a sudden, the guy who's always catching the most fish. He grabs a stick of dynamite and he lights, he lights it and he throws it in the water and it goes down, explodes like crazy. And the fish start floating to the top and the guy starts scooping in all the fish in his boat. And um, his buddy that went with him is like, Whoa, you can't like, you know, he's freaking out. He's like, you can't do that, man. You can't do that. This is illegal. And the guy lights another stick and he throws it in the water and it goes and it just blows up and the fish come up and he scoops them all up and he puts them in the boat and, it, and the guy that's there, he just won't shut up. This is wrong. This is just, and he's just complaining about how the guy's catching the fish. And his buddy grabs a stick of dynamite. He lights it and he hands it to him. And when he puts it in the guy's hand, he looks at him. And he says, all right, are you going to bitch or are you going to fish? And, <laughs> and so it's in that moment. It's like, are you going to complain? Yep. Or are you going to throw that thing over and watch it go? And ever since that moment, a couple months ago, Whenever I start to get down, I just, the new motto of my life, Mark, is better fish. And it's like, Nate, are you going to just complain or are you going to go out and fish? And yeah, your life has just been one dumpster fire after another. Good thing is, you know that the, how to start them and you know that they'll eventually go out and you know you'll make it through it. But ultimately, you got a choice, man. Yep. Are you going to 
fish or are you going to fish? And so for me, sorry, Mark, I'll stop saying it because I don't want to, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to see if I can catch yeah. all of them on the, yeah. on the audio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, or let them go through, but um, oh. that's kind of where I've been at. And I just, yeah. I, I view myself as someone who's like, you know what? I'm 38. Somebody at work told me yesterday that they <laughs> thought I was 10 years younger. So apparently, you look like a beautiful 22 to me, Nate. So apparently, uh, shattered dreams and stress don't age you like they used to. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, man, like I just look at it where that's where I'm at in life and I'm for living for God and I'm, I'm for not being edgy because I'm trying to be. But it's like, man, I got an 11 year old kid who I have to take care of him in ways I never thought I would. I've got a wife, a 15 year old daughter. I've got a crazy life and I'm just going to be me. And if God can use that, fine. And if someone says, well, God doesn't cuss. Well, I think if he was going to cuss at anybody, it'd be me. And that's okay. <laughs> and so, so, cause I'm somebody who sometimes needs some of that. And no, it's I'm not, not that God, martyr, it, it, you know? God is not against you cussing. I mean, yeah. I mean, if our IFB pastor friends are any indication, all God expects you to do is to use substitute words. He 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 doesn't mind people thinking the word. Just right. want, so you know, saying things like "Well, bless God" or "I don't give a flip," you know, those yeah. are fine. Those are fine because nobody even nobody even ever thinks anything about that, you know, and that's acceptable. So. Um, you know, maybe your mistake is that you didn't you didn't come up with an acceptable alternative word that uh, that you could that you could use. You know, right. God, yeah, what, yeah, God help us. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I'd rather do that and take the Lord's name in vain than I would, you know, use the kind of language that you've used, Nate. It's so disappointing. Right. Anyway, so are you? You said at the beginning of this uh, three hours ago that you <laughs> <laughs> that that there were some things I said at the end of mine that you know you might think different and you know push back um, or uh, a little bit. Do you even remember what those things were? Um, I guess yeah. the only reason I'm bringing that up is to say you know do you have any hope at all? Um, in 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 church being better ever than it has been for you can't be worse um well i can't Don't say, say that, that. Every, every time i've said it can't be worse it's gotten worse yeah um i would say i haven't given up on community one of the things where maybe we would i i, I like to use the word community not church now that i'm against yeah. church but yeah I sure I think with families that deal with what I've dealt with and some other folks where we, we can speak a language where maybe even the hideous bride could be a community. Mm -hmm. Maybe it won't necessarily be their church, but I, I have dreams of seeing this Mark. I've talked with you about it of one day becoming a place where, yeah, we talk about the stuff that we are, but we also find a, w a way to make an Avenue for people who this is their community. Yep. And someone may mock them for that, but it's like, you know what? They've experienced so much hurt and heartbreak. They're never going back to a, uh, traditional, standard, yeah. uh, traditional type church. Yep. So I am Fair. for the church. I'm just not for the, there's only one way to do it. Mm. I I'm also not for people who find a new Avenue who say that this is like the right way. Right. Like, yeah. So if we start an online community, we're not going to go and start picking out verses and telling people that that now means online church or, right. you know, for people that we've known that have maybe joined house churches or different things like that, where, 
now that's the biblical model. It's like, no, that can be a great model, but to say that that's the only model, I just, I don't, I think that we're struggling with our Westernized society to even figure out how we can become more biblical um, or, uh, or even what the Bible means with what we do, because it's okay to say like, do we know if this is referencing how we hold services? Probably not. Because I mean, could you imagine if you see it in movies where the apostle Paul though showed up to a mega church not even to dog it, right? But like right. just walking in and seeing the lights and the microphones and the different things like that, he'd flip out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, um, and that doesn't mean if he was alive, he wouldn't be doing it, by the way. But I, I just, so that's where I'm kind of at where I want you to find a community and I want you to know that if you've been brutalized by the church, trust me, man, like I'm not up here preaching that, it's okay. And I'm not up here saying that because I'm still in church, you should be too. I'm just saying, man, like I get it and you're never going to find judgment from me. Yeah. But also if you're looking for someone to say, because the church sucks, like I'm done with God and like, I'm not going to beat you over the head. I'm just going to say, I can't go down that road with you. Yeah. Um, And that's just where I think that there's a huge discussion to have as to, uh, you know, why the church is the problem the way it is. That's totally fair. And to say, like, we've lost our way. But I think that community is important. And yeah. I think that, you know, I am not, we're not doing this to beat up on the church, but we are doing this to say, hey, let's stop the stupid. And one of them is stop, stop with the pressuring people to walk into the building. Mm-hmm. Because you're also convincing people on the back end that if they just to- show up to church, they did their Christian duty. And that's why they show up to church on Sundays and they're absolute jerks every other day of the week. Yep. And they're the type of people that you hope doesn't tell others that they're Christians, right? Yeah. Like, or if they do, don't tell them you know me. Yeah. So if this is a two-parter, yeah. sorry, Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll see you. Um, We'll see you June 2nd, June. June. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, January Um, 2nd. Um, And uh, thank you for for listening. Um, Mark, I'm sorry that the only bad thing that happened to you is you didn't get convicted for stealing stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I did. I did. uh, Yeah. I was like, why didn't I edit that part out? Uh, Hey, it's the truth. I mean, the the Bible does say that, you know, if, uh, if a hungry man steals, you know, people won't condemn him for it. You know, I mean, we all, it just doesn't let the TV that you stole off the hook, but we would all, we would all conveniently drop a bag of candy and then another guy would step on it. Oh, this is damaged. Damaged now. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody wanted to do the damages at the grocery store because that guy ate and got ate the better than anybody else. But (laughs) Oh, like, guys, I understand this package of Oreos was damaged, but why is there only three of them in here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think Damage. that I think both you and I are in our own ways trying to do what my wife encouraged me to do there in San Antonio is if you can't find a place that's the right, what you think is the right, then go try and be that. You know, I think both of us and we approach it a little bit differently, but I think both of us, that's our heart is like, we're just... We're not the Apostle Paul by any stretch, but just trying to show that there is a better way. There is another way. I'm not even sure what it is, but it's got to be one. It's got to be one. But yeah, I agree. Don't give up on community. And also don't 
don't forget guys that the church in the west does not represent the church at large right like i'm i mean there go read go go study the, the church around the world is growing far faster and accomplishing far more than we are here in the west it's like american idealism we think we've got it all figured out man we are so far behind the curve so um what are you going to do? I do appreciate you all listening. I am going to try to get this all into one episode, and that way we'll give you Christmas week off. But uh, I hope you, everybody's going to have a great week. And uh, pray for Nate, because he is going to be behind the wheel of a FedEx truck, uh, I think, between now and the time Christmas comes. So, um, yeah, keep him Mark, in prayer I, out there. I do this for the rich white kids, Mark. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Yes. You know, when I'm in the when I'm yeah. in those suburbs with those big houses, you know, I just think of that little white girl yep. who already has every color imaginable of whatever I'm dropping off and think yep. this is completing the set. I you're mean, doing God's work, Nate. You're I doing am. you're doing God's work. God you know, so. God God bless you. And uh yeah. We don't have a, um, a video, a song video to take you out on, so we'll just have to say goodbye and uh thanks for being here. Thanks for watching and thanks for subscribing please subscribe uh and share this video and you know we'll see you next next time around yeah that's all we got we're out bye bye everybody fire ministries go <laughs>